0: A TCU quarterback hit the transfer portal on Tuesday. What does it mean for the room and what do the frogs do moving forward? We'll discuss all that next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lockdown Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I am your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, we are officially in off-season mode for football. Basketball's going on. We'll talk about that matchup with Texas later on in the show that's happening on Wednesday night. But first, um, something to expect over the next couple of days as TCU season finally came to an end against Georgia on Monday night. Guys are going to the transfer portal. So Caleb Medford, um, wide receiver for TCU. He was the only player that had entered the portal before the national title game. And the day after the game on Tuesday morning, I uh, got the news that quarterback Sam Jackson will be entering the transfer portal. Now this is unfortunate. I mean, Sam is um, a really skilled player. You know, we, we saw him at times. We saw him a good bit this year against Colorado and Tarleton came in that Colorado game. Once things got out of hand and played, I feel like most of the second half against Tarleton, um, and you know the thing that jumps off the screen immediately when you watch Sam play is he is just so fast. He is um, super explosive. I mean, he just looks different when he runs the football. Um, can make a big play just about any time. He also had a crazy throw against Oklahoma State in that game a couple of years ago. That was just um, the Cowboys absolutely destroyed TCU, and so he was in there kind of in mop up duty late, and he was rolling to his left like on a dead run and just stopped and threw a dart. Down the field, I don't remember who it was to, or even if the ball was completed, but it was, it was like of a throw. And so, <clears throat> you know, you saw flashes. The same, as a four-star recruit out of high school, really talented young man. Um, so unfortunately, he's moving on. But I mean, this is just kind of college football in 2023. It's it's very difficult to keep um, QBs around if they're not going to play. And he kind of saw the the writing on the wall. Uh, Chandler Morris won the starting job going into camp. Last you know, this past season appears to be the starter going into this year. Even though we'll talk about you know some potential options um, for TCU here in a second, Josh Hoover is behind uh, Jackson right now as a true freshman. Was a true freshman this this season. He'll be a sophomore next year, and um, or a redshirt freshman next year. And then they didn't take a QB in the 2023 class. So I'm a little surprised. I mean, I'm not shocked. I'm a little surprised because. One thing about Chandler, we've seen he has, and this is not his fault, but it's just what's happened, he's gotten banged up a few times. got hurt in that Oklahoma State game late in the season a couple years ago. got hurt early in the second half against Colorado, sort of a fluke injury, was trying to change direction, and his knee just sort of gave on him. But we know if you're the number two guy, then, I mean, you're a play away from being in the game. And we saw what happened with Max this past year. He took that job and ran with it. However, it's just it's hard to sell these guys I want to play, understandably. And it's so easy to have a portal now and just kind of look at your options. Um, it's hard to sell guys on being patient and sticking around and seeing what happens once the season gets going. Uh now Sawyer Robertson, who is a, a player out of Mississippi State, he played his high school ball in Lubbock. He committed to Baylor yesterday, and TCU was in on him. They were recruiting him. Um and I think that. I mean, I, I feel like – I'm sure there are other factors. But I think the main factor in him going to Baylor was that Blake Shapin played the entire season at Baylor but struggled at times, and so he feels like there's legit competition now. And so it puts D.C. in this weird place. I don't know what they're telling guys that are in the portal. Like I, I don't know what they're selling to these QBs. I'm not sure what conversations they're having. But, I mean, when a quarterback enters the portal, it, it's a pretty simple calculus. They, they, I mean, obviously you're looking for the right fit, coaching staff that you're comfortable with, all those things. But in most cases, guys are leaving because they're not getting playing time um, at their current destination or maybe new coaching staff. Current coaching staff is like, hey, it's time to move on, do something else. And so they're looking for a place to play. Um, So I think it's going to be tough for TCU to find – Someone, I'm sure they'll do it, but find someone who is experienced that is going to sit behind Chandler Morris, because I think the first priority for this team is getting someone that if Chandler has an injury or if he's just not the guy that they think he is, um, you, you have somebody back there who can play. I think a more likely scenario is that they try to get someone who's younger, which... Uh, Sawyer, who just went to Baylor, fit this this bill, but younger with some eligibility left, and you can sell them on, hey, come compete. It'll be an open competition. If it doesn't work out, then you can stick around and learn and develop with these guys, um, and then you know eventually become the starter, potentially once once Morris leaves. I, I can't imagine they'll be comfortable with Josh Hoover as their number two guy. Going into the season, but we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I think they're going to be active in the coming weeks, trying to, or really the coming week, because that's when the first sort of window of the transfer portal ends. Um, trying to get somebody in the mix that can compete, and if you're in a bind, <clears throat> can potentially play. Uh, and Chandler's a fascinating player. I mean, I think he's been around for so long, and we've seen him in different situations, and so. Everybody just kind of assumes um, that they we know a lot about him, but the reality is there's a lot of unknown there. And I don't say that as a negative thing. I mean, he could really work out. Like we saw what he could do against Baylor. We saw his ability to get the ball out, throw get the ball out quick, make quality throws. You know, dice up a really good defense in the passing game. A few years ago when he started that contest, but then um came back down to earth a lot the next week against Oklahoma state which they're a really good defense and that was on the road um and ends up getting injured doesn't play the rest of that game first half in colorado struggled now they did start to kind of get that offense in a rhythm in the second half of that game before he went down but then we haven't seen him again so there's just not a ton of tape on chandler we haven't seen him in a lot of high leverage situations um that that just make me say oh yeah he's gonna be x y and z there's some encouraging things for sure. I mean, you saw him make huge plays in that Baylor game. Um, He won the job from Max, and Max ended up being a Heisman finalist and Davey O'Brien winner and all the things. I mean, he was fantastic. He had an incredible year. Chandler won that job. And so that should give you hope that, you know, the coaching staff loves what he can bring to the table, likes how he fits in this offense, and they'll be ready to roll with him. But you're going to need some insurance. So expect them to go after somebody in the portal when we come back i want to talk more about the transfer portal where tcu is who have they taken so far do you see uh, do we foresee some more talent being added in the next week or so we're going to do that in a second before we do that though uh let me talk about linkedin one of our sponsors um if you need to hire somebody go to linkedin.com locked on college you can post that job for free we're talking about talent acquisition right now with the portal you know if you own a business it is the most important thing that you do um, so get the applicants you need for free they have a, a lot of different um you know screening questions and different tools that will allow you to sort of narrow down that list and not feel completely overwhelmed by the task of hiring somebody again that's linkedin.com slash locked on college you can use the purple hiring frame to uh get your Job posting started today. One more time, linkedincom slash college, Give their site a visit today. All right. So, uh, TCU in the transfer portal, right? Sam Jackson on his way out. Um, will others be coming in? And <clears throat> excuse me, if you haven't been able to keep up over the past few weeks because you've been so busy with semifinal talk, national championship talk. That's understandable. Here's a quick list of who TCU has brought in in the portal so far this offseason. So Trey Sanders running back out of Alabama. Five-star recruit coming out of high school. um, Rage is a three-star recruit in the portal. uh, Was in a bad car crash a few years back. Didn't play a ton in Alabama, but a guy with a ton of potential. If he can get back to 100% health um, and regain that explosiveness he had coming out of high school, could be a big-time player. Tommy Brockermeyer, offensive tackle. Originally went to All Saints High School, five-star player out of high school. uh, Then goes to Alabama, didn't really play much. Listed at 6'5", 292. Um, Again, another player that they're kind of taking a chance on with a ton of potential. But Tommy was a big-time recruit. I mean, he was the number two player in the country coming out of high school. They're going to need help on that O-line. It was announced on Tuesday that Steve Avila, uh, All-American guard, he'll be leaving. Um, which is not a surprise, but he had an extra year of eligibility. and He'll be moving on. Wes Harris will be moving on. I assume Alan Ali will be moving on as well. So you're replacing guys on that line. And, you know, against Georgia, that O-line got pushed around a little bit, especially in the interior, but Jalen Carter is just an absolute beast there in the middle for Georgia. Um, But overall, I thought this offensive line did a really good job. And compared to what they had been the past couple of seasons before – Sonny Dykes and AJ Ricker got there. I think there's a lot to look forward to with that offensive line, but they need players at those positions. So Brockermeyer fits that need there. If it's one of those holes, interested to see if they kick him inside or if he stays on the outside, and maybe one of the current tackles and Coker or Coleman if they come back go on to go to the inside. It'll be fascinating to kind of see how that plays out. Uh, Jack Besh, tight end, wide receiver. From LSU, had a really good season a couple years ago, was not as involved in the offense this past season. Four-star player coming out of high school, uh, 6'2", 215, so good size there. You know, he's kind of a slot inside guy, um, which has been a theme with them. They're losing Tay Barber. Uh, assume they're going to lose Darius Davis. And so, Besh and then JoJo Earl, wide receiver from Alabama, also fits I need. Earl originally from Alito. Four star player at a high school, um, and then did some things on Alabama for Alabama on special teams. Didn't get the ball a lot on offense, but super fast, you know, prototypical size for like a slot guy, a little undersized, 5'9, 170. But his explosiveness and speed will be a welcome addition to this roster. And then Avery Helm, um, who was a a four star player at high school. And was a starting corner at Florida for a few seasons. Great athleticism. Um, Avery's dad shared with me a note a couple of weeks ago about how if Avery would have participated in Florida's pro day, he was going to be one of the fastest and most athletic guys there. Like he was. Uh, he's got some great measurables, some great you know speed and ability to go make plays. Was really good in coverage these past couple of years, so he'll get plugged in there. Um, As well, you know, with Travis Hodges-Tomlinson moving on, they're going to have some needs at that corner spot. And there were a couple um, Juco transfers as well. Mason White, cornerback from Mount uh, San Antonio College. Um, And then there was one more that I should (laughs) have – should have found before I got on here. Okay, yeah, Channing Canada, who was the top Juco corner in the nation. Um, so high impact, you know, secondary players coming in, offensive linemen and wide receivers, and then a running back in Trey Sanders. Uh, so what does TCU do now? Sunny Dyke said in the post-game presser against, after the Georgia game, they were going to be looking at, you know, four to five more players. Didn't specify if they were high school or transfer portal guys. I think it'll be a mix. I still think they're looking for a QB, um, and I would imagine that they're going to try to add some bodies here on the offensive and defensive line. You can never have enough depth there. This D-line especially is losing some guys. Um, they hit the portal hard on D-linemen this past year. I think they're going to try to continue that as we move into the season. But uh, TCU kind of was at a disadvantage because they had games going on, You know coach dykes mentioned this he was like i'm trying to host players i'm trying to get things done uh but at the same time i'm also like you know working through bowl prep working through college football playoff prep so and now they have full attention they can devote to recruiting and try to get these guys signed try to get these guys enrolled Uh, as we move forward. But I expect TCU to be active in the transfer portal. Another name to know, John Paul Richardson. I know he posted a picture that he was visiting with TCU. That was before the national title game. And then haven't really heard an update there. But he was a slot wide receiver for Oklahoma State. Had a really good year last year. And, again, that inside receiver position is one of need. It seems like they want to go an experienced route there. You know, they're losing a ton of production off this team. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks and months. But there's a lot to replace from a very senior-laden, senior-heavy group that made a fantastic run this year. Uh, finally, we're going to close with some basketball talk here in a minute before we do that, though. Let's talk about Bet bet BetOnline is your source. If you need to uh, wager on some games, if you want to get involved in that world, you can go there today. College football is wrapped up. but College basketball is in full swing. Um, the NFL playoffs are coming at you right now. Major League Baseball will be here. Before we know it, it's around the corner. So, Bet Online is your one-stop shop. They also just have sports news there, which is fantastic if you need to know about hey, what's going on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in the world of sports, they have podcasts, but most importantly, they're there to help you make some money. And so, start placing some bets today. Bet Online, go there today. You can use the promo code Locked On. And get uh, a match deposit up to your first one hundred dollars. They'll match that, so you can get started. You can feel comfortable getting started, spending you know at least some of somebody else's money. Again, that's Bet Online, one of our fantastic sponsors. Okay, so TCU and Texas tonight in basketball, and uh, the Frogs are thirteen and two, lost to Iowa State over the weekend. Uh, crazy game. This team, similar to the football team, they've been getting off to bad starts. And they'll fall behind like 10, 12 points in the first half. They'll kind of crawl their way back. um, But need to be more efficient offensively in the first half of games. And they've been really good in transition this year. TCU's kind of changed what they're doing. Um, Last season, they were offensively challenged. And they really made up for that by crashing the glass offensively a ton. They made up for it by just playing great defense. And so this year, they're getting out in transition a lot. You saw that against Baylor last week. I think they ended up with 28 fast break points on the night. But they were getting up and down the floor. They're pushing the pace. And they said they've worked on conditioning all offseason, trying to get ready, trying to get um, adjusted to playing this pace of basketball. I think at times it's affected their effort <clears throat> in rebounding on defense, which is unfortunate, but it's sort of a byproduct of playing that style. Iowa State was able to dictate the pace on Saturday and make it tough for them um and make them play in a half court more often and you know the issue with half court offense for this team is what it was last year which is one they just don't have a ton of great shooters chuck o'bannon's their best three-point shooter uh, but they don't really have a spot-up shooter other than him and then aside from mike miles and damian ball they just don't have players that really create their own offense they got some guys that are really adept around the rim eddie Lampkin has been great at bringing energy scoring around the basket emmanuel miller is a pretty versatile scorer for his size but they don't have a lot of guys that can put it on the deck and get to the rack. So they sort of have to make up for that by trying to get early offense before the defense gets set up. So I'm intrigued to see how Texas plays them because Texas is one of those teams that has the athleticism to kind of match up with TCU. But TCU, Texas tonight, we'll recap that on Thursday's show. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs. i part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You.